Welcome, Mavs Nation, to another episode of Mavs Cast. This is your host again, Hove Kassayan, on Twitter at H-O-V-O-K-Y-O-S, and the show Twitter at Ethos Mavericks. Give us a follow over there. And I'm recording this right after tonight's game against the Warriors. Tonight's win against the Warriors, very narrow win um, that the Mavericks were able to squeeze out after a uh, season worst and I believe uh, Jason Kidd tenure worst uh, four game losing streak um, but um, you know th- this this kind of how this season has went so far uh, with the exception of just a couple big blowout wins over teams like the Grizzlies uh you know, Mavericks. When they win, it's it's a uh, it's playing on the heartstrings of of uh, Dallas Mavericks fans, and even on the losses, like the losses to the Rockets, um, very narrow losses. But obviously, there's been some big losses, including uh, the recent one to to the Celtics. Um, so yeah, uh, I had been sort of running out of things to to write down that the Mavericks should improve uh, during this four-game losing streak. And then they come out and they pull out a win against the team that eliminated them from the playoffs and went on to win the championship uh, last year. So um, this sort of, you know, this sports, right, this is how it goes. I don't know how much of an indicator this is of what things are going to look like in the playoffs um, because the Warriors have had their own struggles to start the season. Um, the Mavericks have actually been, you know, as bad as the Mavericks have been in a lot of these games, especially against uh, some of the worst teams in the NBA, like OKC, Orlando, and Houston. Um, as bad as they've been, they've still been better uh, overall than, than the Warriors have been this season. But the Warriors were... Uh, starting to recover from that terrible start. Um, of course, the Warriors are still absolutely horrible uh, on the road uh, this this season um, for several reasons, but uh, it's their defense, which has been uh, much of the concern this season. And uh, Mavericks' defense as well has been a big concern, but uh, I think more of the focus has been on what the offense looks like outside of Luka Doncic, of course, um, because this defense still, you know, has its uh, has its has its moments of what we some of what we saw last year, um, being a, truly they were an elite defense last year, and uh, I don't know if they've actually played like that more than maybe like two games this season. Uh, but they certainly show flashes of it throughout the games. And really it, what it seems like it comes down to um, for the Mavericks is are the peripheral guys hitting their shots. That's about it. Like Luca's had maybe two games which are below his like absolute insane MVP front runner par that we've come to expect so far. Um, like what he did today, which was a 40-point triple-double 
um, casually, the fifth triple-double of the season. Um, 51st, I believe, as a as a 23-year-old, 51st in his career. But uh, another 41 with 12 rebounds, 12 assists, so it was a big boy triple-double um, with four steals, and he's one of the league leaders in steals right now. Um, and he threw in a block in there as well. But uh, still not very good free throw shooting from Luca, and that's, you know, the first thing that he said when he was asked about how he felt about, you know, tonight's performance. Um, really, he, you know, Luca just not, not, not giving himself the roses, especially on the, on a night where there are other things he could have done better, which in this case was, uh, free throws. But, um, you know, the steals aside, deflections aside, there were a couple huge turnovers, Warriors turnovers that he forced back to back late in this game. Um, you know, uh, following, followed by a, uh, clutch shot, uh, you know, one of his, uh, feel good shots where, where he's sort of gloating to, to the camera, uh, sticking his tongue out and all that, you know, um, that sort of thing that he doesn't do on the podium and he does on the court. But, um, all, all all that greatness defensively aside, the Warriors were attacking Luka deliberately in, in the end of this game with Steph Curry, just like they did, frankly, with everyone they faced um, in the playoffs last season on the way to the championship. But certainly, you know, how they did against, um, against the Mavericks and how actually other teams did against the Mavericks, namely the Suns in those a couple games where the Suns still had hope in that series. Um, yeah, but basically like the like the perfect 14-for-14 14 14 game that Chris Paul had, and they're attacking Luka in the same way that, that the Warriors had attacked Jokic um, earlier in that playoff series and then later attacked Luka. There was a lot of that going around, but the Mavericks actually returned the favor uh, by attacking uh, Steph on, on the way back, so... Very, uh, very nail-biting, exciting game uh, towards the end here, um, especially as a Mavericks fan because of the result. Um, because a couple of the defining plays in this game at the end were, uh, number one, I mean, the shot that Clay missed, right, which was a huge relief for uh, for Mavericks fans, of course. And, and Luca was saying after the game that, honestly, he was scared. Um because, you know, you you never expect Clay to to miss a shot like that. So, um, so yeah, that that was huge. But the other really huge play towards the end, or the huge call, was the traveling call on Steph as he uh, attempted a step back. And um, there's a lot of fans, and I'm sure everyone's used to Warriors fans by now. You could you could really say it for any fan base, but. Um, but yeah, a lot of fans complaining about that call at that point in the game, uh, considering the game is on the line. Like, oh, you don't call that, like that sort of thing. But it's something that the home fans are going to say um, all the time. Uh, home being, you know, the fans that the call was called against. But, um, I mean, as soon as I saw it, it's not even about the steps, right? It's not even about oh, everyone does it on a step back or anything like that. Like, both his feet were in the air. So that's a traveling regardless. Like, I counted three steps as well. Maybe it's close. And, 
you know, um, and all that. But yeah, like that, that was like, if you're going to call it on any step backs, that's going to be it. And, and, um, you know, what's going to happen to the NBA if they just ignore calls like these, because, oh, it's at this point in the game. So, so that means that a player can do it in that point of the game and, and, you know, basically get an easy out, um, in a clutch situation absolutely not so i think that's more of you know it's like warriors fans mainly saying it i don't know who else is really saying it but that's some of what i saw as a, some of the reaction to the game but um clearly we can see the nba is making more of an effort this year to go in this direction of trying to at least combat the in, in, incredible rise of step backs euro steps and and uh, you know these dribbling habits that these players have have developed uh, we already saw them um you know attack the uh, free throw shot grifting um, talents that the players had been developing in recent years we started seeing that um become a focus last year so this year i think it's it's carrying double dribbling traveling is something that's being called uh, as something where I'm watching games very closely. I notice it even in NCAA now, but um, that's always been more of a focus of the NCAA and it's always been more uh, lenient in the NBA, but I've noticed it several times in the NBA. Actually, at least two such calls in a, uh, what was it, Magic versus philly game that i covered over the weekend um and there was also the boston game that i covered last night as well and you're seeing these calls uh all the time now so to me i don't i don't really buy that you know at that point in the game or anything like that this is something that the nba has to combat and then since it's the warriors um you know jordan pools it's sort of been the poster child for some of uh some of the dribbling habits that that border on either traveling or carrying or double dribble or two of those or all three of those sometimes, frankly. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good thing. I'm a, I'm a fan of defense as well, so I don't necessarily want to see at the end of the game the teams come out and and hit one shot right after another in exchange. Um, you know, to quote what uh, Reggie. Reggie Bullock said um, at the start of the season when they asked him, would you rather hit a game-winning three or make the game-winning defensive play? Um, so, yeah. Uh, want to talk about Christian Wood. Christian Wood was 2-for-12 this game. Absolute disaster. 2-for-12, missed both of his free throw shots. Had only four points, tripped in eight rebounds, but wow, what a what a disaster from uh, from Christian Wood. As you can imagine, he didn't play the closing minutes, and as you can imagine, this is probably not going to do any favors for the start Christian Wood campaign. Now we played almost twenty six minutes, um, which is all right. It's better than some games. Um, frankly, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he played almost 26 minutes in a game where he went 0 for 5 from 3. 
and, and two for 12 total. Um, but, uh, you know, you had, you had Reggie Bullock return and he actually came off the bench. So I don't know how much of a, of a thing this is going to be, but considering he went over three in this one and all three of them were, were three point attempts and, and literally no other stats, including fouls or turnovers, right? Um, we may start to see Tim Hardaway Jr. start at small forward for this team. Um, and, and he himself, as we know, like has not been, uh, you know, shooting that well either. But today was was one of his, his, his games where he was on. I don't know if I would say it was his best game of the season, but he did go 8 for 16. He went 5 of 11 from 3 uh, for 22 points. Um, he was counted on as as the spot-up shooter um, when Luca needed it, when Luca was doubled, when Luca wanted to give up the ball early in the shot clock and um, rely on his teammates, Tim was there. Um, the other guy that was there was uh, Josh Green. And, you know, what more can we say about him? I feel like I only talk about Josh Green when he has an amazing game, which has been quite a few lately. And in games where... He doesn't have a great statistical output. I I, I pretty much still praise his uh, his peripheral effort, efforts. Uh, maybe I should uh, more criticize uh, what he's not bringing to the table in those down games. But it's just so hard to because I still feel like the expectations for him are low enough, and like what he's giving is at this point most games it's been better than what Reggie's given. I would say that for sure. Now Reggie's playing very solid defense and it's the type of basketball that is hard for, for people to talk about, especially in a short format, especially when you're not like pulling up video and showing exactly like how he's defending. It's, it's something that's very hard for you to, uh, you know, to assess that much like during the season uh, over the course of his season where they're, just game after game after game, and there's only so much you can look at. Uh, you really have to pay attention, but I've definitely noticed the defense that, that Reggie's been playing. It's not quite as good as those defense, but it's also not quite as good as, as, as Josh Green's defense. Now, they're diff- defending different types of uh, players, and, and Reggie's taking on some of the hardest assignments, and that's all great, but... Um, I don't know, I, want, I wonder, because of this team's need uh, to get basically a spark offensively, and that doesn't necessarily mean a secondary ball handler next to Luka, and it doesn't mean someone who's better at knocking down three-point shots, which Josh Green certainly is better at than Reggie so far this season, but we do know, based on last season, uh, that you know, Reggie could just turn it around um, uh, at any point, and and he's a completely different player at that point. But um, it's not just those things, right? It's also, you know, Josh attacking the basket. Um, and you know, I've talked about he's he's not the greatest finisher at the basket, not yet, but at least having that threat is still a ton better than. For example, what what Doe can do, and Doe uh, in the in the closing seconds of this game, when the Mavs were only up by two, and uh, 
There was less than 10 seconds left. Doe had a wide open lane. He was past the ball. He drove into the lane. Wide open. Could have just put up the layup at that point. Um, kept driving around to sort of run away from Warriors players as they were trying to foul him. And he got fouled with four seconds left. And Doe's not a good three point uh, free throw shooter. Frankly, no one on the Mavericks is. You you would think the best free throw shooters might be, uh, you know, Luca, Spencer, and Christian Wood as sort of the top scorers on the team. They're all bad free throw shooters. Specifically, Spencer for a guard and Luca for a guard, right? So, um, and and Doe himself, of course, and Doe, of course, had missed two all two of his free throws up to this point he goes one for one after this so then it's only a three-point lead and that allowed the potential game tying uh shot that clay missed but um but yeah it's you know no aggressiveness and it it, it feels bad to to, to talk about that one this way but it, like that's just the way it is this this team does need to move more towards offense, especially in the regular season, I think. I think they could focus more on defense towards the end of the season and get things figured out there. Like, like make sure your poor defenders who you're afraid of come playoff time are getting better at those skills during the game. But in terms of scheme, I don't think you can afford to, to necessarily play like an airtight defense at the cost of uh, not being able to do anything on offense or the risk of not being able to do anything on offense when Luca is not the one that's producing the shots, either for himself or others, right? So that basically means if it's a game where Christian Wood is this cold, Spencer Dinwiddie, 5 of 12, but he was 0 for 4 from 3, right? Um, he only had two two assists, right? And I haven't even talked about the suspension yet, but not the suspension, but the uh, the flagrant two uh, that it was kicked out for. But um, which, you know, I, I I guess let's talk about it now. But that flagrant two, I don't think it it warranted a, a level two flagrant. I think it definitely warranted a flag, flagrant one. Um, so it's not something that I I want to say that you know like. Spencer lost his cool and got kicked out or anything like that. It's not something that you're projecting to be an issue at all going forward. Uh, but we already know like how thin this team is. Like if if Spencer is either on the bench or injured or ejected or just playing bad, which is you know the most common thing, of course, um, then. You know, what do you do? So you, you pretty much got to get Josh Green involved. Now, Jaden Hardy didn't play in this game, but Jaden Hardy was recalled from uh, from the G League after going on fire. He's leading the G League in points per game as far as I uh, remember, but I think it was, yeah, it was averaging 29 points per game. He dropped 41 the other day, uh, so the Mavs recalled him. I don't know if it's a part of them you know, recalling him in certain bursts so he can be with a team on certain days and then sending him back. Um, 
For example, when they go on a road trip and not, they're not going to take them, they haven't played in the G League. When they want to take them on a road trip, they activate them and they bring them with them on the road trip. So I don't know if that that's the case, but he didn't play in this game. Davis Bertans got seven minutes. Um, there weren't too many minutes for him to get with with uh, Josh Green playing twenty seven, um, and of course Tim playing the way he did. So. Um, you know, Tim definitely deserved his 31 minutes, but, um, but it's something that, that I think they're going to have to start giving Jaden Hardy some minutes. Now, the recent news for this team from, uh, from earlier today was, uh, Faku Kampazzo is out and, uh, they cut him because they were making the roster move for, for Kemba Walker. So basically two of the names, two of the probably top names of available free agent guards um, that we had talked about on this show and other, you know, Mavs reporters had talked about. Um, the Mavs gave him a shot, right? Kemba still doesn't have a shot yet, so he's not with the team yet. He didn't play tonight, um, understandably, after, you know, the short notice. But Faku's out. They gave him a shot. Not much of a shot in actual games, but I think it was pretty apparent. And I think if you're getting Kemba, I completely understand the cut. Uh, he's not like a Faku who wasn't a player that you just cut outright. Like they got him for depth. He's good for depth, um, but they got someone else they want to try out more. And I'm completely, completely fine with that. Kemba's not going to be a great defender, but in that role that you're asking them to do off the bench in bursts, particularly when Spencer is not available. Um, this is what the Mavs got to try, and they got to try this. They might have to try with another player down the road if Kemba doesn't work out. So um, I'm, I'm completely all for it. Now let Kid manage it. I'm, now, what I don't have full trust in is for Kid to properly manage his minutes either too much or too little i think it, it'll be more of the too little variety which i don't know if kemba's going to be down for it might affect his play but um i don't know how much i trust that but i think from a gms perspective nico went out he made the right move with this not saying it's going to pan out well but it, like no literally no one knows whether it's going to plan out well or not we can make our bets as to whether it is or not. And I don't think there's a great chance for it to pan out well, but it's a chance and it's not costing them much. So I'm all for this. Um, yeah. So no Christian Wood in the starting lineup, probably not going to see it for a while after this. I feel like Christian Wood's going to have like three amazing games before he works up to that that part of the conversation again. Um, I, re I really am starting to have uh, my worries about the legendary or infamous uh, year two Jason Kidd um, that, you know, people might hear, of, you know, if you have, if you have, you know, people around in the industry who, uh, who have been following Jason Kidd and his, his, uh, coaching stints in uh Milwaukee and, and and so forth but it's it 
might be starting to reveal itself and Jason Kidd was so beloved by this fan base after you know what 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 they're able to do in the second half of last season similar to pretty much Ime Yudoka there in in Boston um in in the same sort of way actually with with the way that that they figured out the defense after their superstars started off the season slow and then they became you know conference finalists uh both of them but um I start to worry about how he's managing the minutes. I start to worry about uh, his tactics. I start to worry about uh, a sort of political stuff that's going on, grudges that he holds on players. Or I, I, I don't want to like throw it out there like that. That might be too heavy, but uh, you know the whole doghouse and all that. And I feel like what is what has been in his doghouse for a long time. I don't know if it's because of his defense. I don't know if it started out because it's like, hey, I'm going to challenge you to be better and I'm going to see how you respond. And now I don't know if it's continuing because he hasn't responded in that way, particularly on the defensive end, even though he has shown flashes, um, or if it's something deeper than that. But it is something where I'm you know, starting to have concern, especially because of the close games that the Mavs are losing. Right, and then you have games where you have the game where where Luca was rested and the team was. They kind of gave, gave the fans hope and then just lost that game, anyway. Right. Um, so yeah, that's not great to end it on like a bad note like that. But uh, I definitely do want to talk more about. Uh, you know, the four game losing streak and, and some of the ways that they can improve out of that at some point. Um, hopefully by the time I talk about it, they don't rattle off another losing streak like that. And, um, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like, like after these games, it's like, well, I don't, I don't feel this way now. I did before when the Mavs were going back and forth or hovering around 500 which they still are now but i feel like after this four game losing streak this this warriors win doesn't feel as promising for the warriors rest of season hopes because it's sort of like uh okay fool me once shame on you right like because they started out i think 24 8 lead with like seven plus minutes into this game um so in the first quarter they're they're doing great. I think they were up by 10 or 12 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, and the only thing that I feel most fans could think about was, okay, so when is the letdown? When are the Warriors going to catch up? Not only because it's the Warriors, but also because of what we've become accustomed to uh, from these maps um, this season. So I feel like today is like, it's great. You get one in the win column. You're in need as many of those W's in the win column as you can. Uh, for this very very competitive western conference um, which might be getting some relief with with carl anthony towns out for a few weeks but still um, yes you take anyone you can get at this point it's, it's there's two aspects of this there's the wins which is a number it's the numerical aspect that's going to get you into the playoffs. And then there's the stuff that you need to have fixed and figured out 
before the playoffs and there's still a ton of time for that but you still have to monitor it you still have to manage it and you still have to count on Jason Kidd to to be able to do that so uh, from that aspect of it yes a win is a win but from that aspect of it it's kind of like okay we still need to see some of the things some of the ailments fixed before we can start celebrating some of these wins and actually feeling good about it Um, because I feel like every game is just like do the peripheral guys make their shots yes or no and then that means do we win yes or no and then that means are the fans happy yes or no and it can't just be like that right Um, so yeah that's all I have for now I'll talk to you guys later